Today we are in week two of our series, This Is Us. I got a simple verse for you, very familiar verse. It's found in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 7. And it says this, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of the slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. Verse 8, So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Havites, Jebusites, Coorslites, and now the cry, I'm just kidding, it doesn't say that. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. Some of y'all just now paid attention, so you're welcome. <laughs> you're like, beer? Um, and I have seen the way, come on, John, the Egyptians are oppressing them. Verse 10, so now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. This morning, I want to talk to you briefly, if you're taking notes from the subject, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? Let's pray one more time and then we'll jump into it. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the time that we have had already, the worship that we've had. Holy Spirit, right now, we just recognize you as our guest of honor this morning. We thank you that you are doing something in our midst today. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. We honor you. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone, say it. Amen, amen. So, Monterey Bay has become a PETA household favorite when we go on vacation. We love Monterey Bay. Uh, now, it's not because of the beach, though it's nice. It's not because of the animals, though that's nice as well. But we have discovered that at Monterey, uh, at Monterey Bay on Cannery Row, there are three, everybody, Three candy stores on the strip. Now, my kids love candy. The dentists love my kids. And, uh, and so when they discovered that there are three candy stores on this strip, they went crazy. They loved it. And so our first time there, when we discovered the three candy stores, we first visited all three to see who had the best variety so that we can buy candy from that candy store. And so if we finally found the one, the one with the best variety. And so my wife and I, we told our kids, we said, hey, go ahead. You can get a bag, get some candy, fill it up, and then, and then we'll go. So my kids, they did it. Uh, so we left the candy store. My, my oldest, he, he was eating his, his candy. My, my princess, my middle, she was eating hers. And then my youngest at the time, he was still in a stroller, he was eating his candy. And I noticed that my youngest had a great variety of gummies in his bag. And I looked at it and I said, hey, Sammy, can I have one of your gummies? And ooh, if looks can kill. He looked at me with the eyes of, if you touch my candy, I will shank you. <laughs> and, and, and I said, Sammy, can I, have, can I have some of your candy, your gummy? Can I get, I just want one gummy. And he said, no. 
I said, I'm going to try this again. Sammy, because my son, my youngest, he's generous. Like, he usually always says yes. And so I said, Sammy, Sammy can, I, can, I, can I please have one of your gummies? And he said, no. And I said, I said, Sammy, why can't I have one of your gummies? And he said something along the lines of this. He said, I only have a little. And he held up his bag. He said, I only have a little. If I could be honest with you, in that moment, I was a little irritated, frustrated, not because my son said no, but I was frustrated and irritated for the simple fact that I was the one who bought him the candy he said no to. And so because I was in my flesh at that moment, I said, I said uh, to my son, I said, hey, buddy, you don't want to give me any candy, that's fine. I said, um, I was going to get you more candy. <laughs> but, 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 now, but now that you said no, never mind. And, and so he's like, he handed it to me. He's like, here. I was like, nope, sorry, bud, too late. <laughs> now judge me all you want. <laughs> but here's, here's why I'm telling you this story is because it got me thinking. Like, I wonder if there are moments in our lives when God wants to pour out some type of blessing in our life, but because we're so concerned of what we currently have, the finite amount of what we currently have, that when he's like, when God's like, hey, can I get one of your gummies? We're like, I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot. Now, for you, gummies could be anything. It could be your time. It could be your money. It could be your mama. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, like, it could, like the, the, what, this gummy can be anything. And God's like, hey, can I, can I please have one of your gummies? And oh, how easy it is to say, I don't have a lot. No. See, this morning, I want to submit to you this idea that the posture of your possessions matter. The posture of your possessions matter. And, and here's why I think the, postures, the posture of your possessions matter. Two reasons why. Here's the first reason why I believe that the posture of your possessions matter. And we find it in Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 24, the richest, the wisest man in scripture, he says this, that the world of the generous gets larger and larger. But he said, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So, so the, if, if I choose to posture my possessions through the lens of generosity, Scripture says my world gets larger and larger. Now, please note, it says my world, not your wealth. If we're not careful, we will read it as my wealth will get larger and larger. See, there are some people in here this morning and viewing us online where you think that the issue you have has to do with your wealth. 
And you're like, God, I need more money. I need more possessions. I need more resources. And, and, and when God doesn't give it to give us what we need and, and the way that we think, we're like, God, what's the matter? But could it be that God understands that what you, you don't really need more wealth. You just need him to restore some relationships. That you don't really need more wealth. Like you think you need more money, but really what you need is just peace. What you really need is joy. And so the author in Proverbs 11, verse 24, he says, The world of the generous become larger and larger. And so when I posture my possessions through generosity, it expands. When I posture it, Scripture says, through the lens of being stingy, that's, that's what Scripture said, don't get offended. It says it gets smaller and smaller. And it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Like if you just think about it, when I posture generosity, my hands are like this. See, because generosity is not an amount. Generosity is a mindset. And so I'm posturing my generosity like this. And when, my, when I live like this, yes, I begin to lose things. Because I'm, 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 whatever I have is yours, God. Whatever I have, my time, my affection, my attention, my money, it's all yours. So I live like this. And so things leave. But also, this is the, this is the posture of receiving, too. So as things leave, God is... And so because I posture generosity, I'm ready to receive it. However... However, when, when my hands, when I live like this, everything I have is in, in this grass right here. I cannot posture it in a way to receive anything. And so, so when, 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 when I choose to live through the lens of generosity, my, my, uh, my world gets larger and larger. See, this morning... Uh, what we're talking about, the core value that we're talking about at Discovery is generosity. Is generosity. Now, now, when I said that, I, I feel like, like the demeanor in this place went down. Because uh, I feel like some of you are like, this is why I don't go to church ever. This is why I don't invite my friends at church. But, but we're talking about generosity. And here's how, here's how we're, 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 we're defining generosity. And when you walk into the church, it's on, it's on the wall right there. It says... Uh, it says this, that God, oh, come on, Josh. Come on, Josh. We didn't have that the first worship experience. That's why I'm so excited. God modeled generosity by giving us Jesus. Therefore, we will always give out of the generosity that God has, is, and will continue to show us. And so we're talking about generosity. And if you're here this morning and you just got a bit like, He's talking, how can I leave without anyone noticing? Here, here, here's my promise to you this morning. We're not taking up a special offering. All right? Amen, somebody. We don't pass around the buckets. In fact, in fact, my, my heart this morning isn't to convict your wallet. My, my heart this morning is not to convict your wallet. But rather, my heart is to create a space this morning where Jesus can speak to your heart. Because I understand that if Jesus has your heart, he has your wallet, he has your time, he has your affection. That's just what it is. 
See, we're called to be generous. And so if, if, if we're talking about how do we posture, how, how do we have a posture of generosity? It, it, starts, it starts with understanding what Solomon wrote in Proverbs 11, verse 24, we just read. But he, here's the other thing, is we posture generosity because if you are here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus, it is in your spiritual DNA to be generous. Like it is, that it is in you to be generous. In fact, Jesus had talked about this in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, his most famous uh, sermon ever. Jesus says uh, to all of the people that are there, his followers, disciples, disciples he said, he said, uh, he said, you are salt and light. Now, what I want you to, to, to see here is that both these elements, salt and light, when they are placed in an environment, they're designed to give. Think about it. When you add salt, the salt can't help but to give flavor. When you add light to darkness, the light can't help but give off light to the darkness. So by Jesus' very definition, you who are called or who are who would identify as a Jesus follower, your life is designed to be generous. He could have said you could man, Jesus could have said, you are the algae of the world. I'm like, cool, I guess. Like you are the flower of the world. It's cool. Some smell good. But he said, you are the salt in the light. These elements, they're designed just by its creation to be generous, to change environments that they're placed in. Now, as we're talking about generosity, I, I would... I would assume that there are some people, as, as we're talking about generosity, that, that, that you, you've, you've come to this mindset already within, within the however many minutes I've been talking already. You, you said this under your breath in your head. You said, I can't be generous because my means are meager. How many raise a hand if you thought, I'm just kidding, don't no, no raise a hand, that would be weird. <laughs> But, but you've, already, you've already thought, like, I'm like, hey, we're talking about generosity. And you, you automatically are like, my, my, you're like my, my son. I only have a little. Now, here's the great news. Here's the great news, everybody. If you thought that, if you said, I only have a little, my means are meager. Hey, great, great news, great news. You're in good company. Because the guy that we read about in the very beginning, this whole story is about him thinking that his means are meager. Now, let me set the, the, the remind us of what's taking place in Exodus chapter 3. This guy named Moses, he's, he's shepherding his flock. And all of a sudden, afar off, this guy Moses, he sees this bush that is on fire. 
And so his curiosity draws him to the bush. And he's watching this bush because it's on fire, but it's not burning up. And he goes and he's like, this is crazy. And all of a sudden, out of the bush, God is like, Moses. Ah! Right? Like, <laughs> Moses. It's like, this bush is talking. And so here, so here is, here is this, this Moses, and, and like all of a sudden, God identifies himself from the bush. And God begins to tell Moses his plans. All of a sudden, God begins to share with Moses. In verse 8 of what we read at the very beginning, God says, Moses... I hear the cry of my people. I hear the pain of my people. And in verse 8, God, God tells Moses that he hears the cries. And he says this. He says, so I have decided to come down and to rescue them. Woo. Friends, I don't know who needs to hear it this morning. But you need to know that God hears your cries. God hears the tormenting of you saying, God, I need help. He hears you. His ear is not deaf. His arm is not short. He understands what you need. He hears your cry. And the best part about it, he doesn't just hear it, but he said, I want to rescue you. That's great news. I love it. And so, verse 8, God tells this to Moses. And Moses, I'd imagine, is like, yeah, you save him. Good job. You go, God. And then, and then two verses later, two verses, God's, God says to Moses, he said, now I want you to go to rescue them. You know, like it's one of those things where like, yeah, yeah, wait, what? <laughs> Verse 8, God says, I'm coming down to rescue my people. Two verses later, God is like, I'm using you to rescue them. Yeah, exactly, quiet. Verse 8. I'm rescuing my people. See, y'all were happy when, when I said God wants to rescue you. Y'all were cheering. You're like, yeah. But when I said God was going to use you to rescue, y'all like, sure, sure, sure. See, here's what's amazing is that God has a rescue plan for Israel to be freed. God was like, I'm going to rescue my people. But what we have to understand is that God's rescue plan is a lot of the times tied to me. It's tied to you. Why? Because we were created to be salt and light. We were created to be generous, to, to make sure that whatever environment we are placed into makes a difference. 
And so, so verse 8, I'm coming down, I'm going to rescue. Verse, verse 10, uh, God's like, hey, now I'm going to use you. So now all of a sudden Moses, just because he was deciding to see why this bush was on fire, is now part of the plan. And here's what I love. Here's what I love. And, and you could probably relate to this. For 12 verses, everybody, 12 verses, Moses was like, I, I, I can't. I don't have enough. I'm not enough. For 12 verses, for 12 verses, God had to listen to Moses whine about not being enough. 12 verses. And I think if we're honest, we can relate to Moses. Like even this message, this idea that God wants to rescue you, but your rescuing is tied to the person you're sitting next to. We're like, yes, no. <laughs> it's, it's, we're tied. And for 12 verses, Moses it's like, I can't do it. I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I just, I, I like, people would never listen to me. And finally, finally, God, he, it's like he had enough, you know? He's like, he's like, I've, I've, I've had enough. I've had enough of, of hearing you whine, Moses. And so he says something, as the band can come up, he says something that I find very interesting. Because remember, you're called to be generous. You're called to be generous. So, so uh, after 12 verses, God's like, okay, I'm done. I've heard enough. Uh, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to, to move. I'm ready to do so. And, and here's what he says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 2. Jesus asks this simple question. He says, what's in your hand? And I love Moses' reply. He's like, just a staff like it's nothing really here we go two ways that you and I can be more generous the first is this by identifying what God has currently placed in your hand see God was like Moses what's in your hand Moses is like it's nothing it's just it's just, a, it's just a, a, a staff. Like, it's nothing. There's, it's nothing. And how many of you guys know that Moses would be right? At the end of the day, all he had was a staff. At the end of the day, all you have is what you have. All you have is the time that you have. All you have is the resources you have. And you're right. From the outside looking in, it's probably not enough. You probably don't have enough time. You probably don't have enough resources. But here, here's my question. Here's my question. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? What has God currently given you? What, are, what has God currently placed in your possession? 
And so that's the first thing. That's the first thing. I, I got I to gotta identify what God has placed in my hand. And so God's like, what's in your hand? Moses said, it's just a staff. It's really nothing. It's not enough. It can't do anything. Great question. Sorry. There's, I have nothing. Check out this verse. The very next verse. Verse 3. The Lord said, throw it on the ground, Moses. Then Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. And he ran from it, everybody. Can it be that the miracle that God wants to use with just your staff is so big that it would freak you out if you trusted him with it? So he threw it on the ground. It became a snake. Moses ran. Next verse. Then the Lord said, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Took it by the tail. And the snake turned back to a, a staff. If we are going to be generous, we first have to identify what God has placed in our hands. But we also... Number two, we got to trust what God has entrusted to our possession and believe that what he's entrusted to us is enough to accomplish what he's called us to do. See, it may not seem like enough, whatever it is, it may not seem like enough, but if you give it to God, he wants to do something miraculous, something that you never expected, something that you would never believe on your own, but he wants to do it. He wants it because what he's called you to do, it's already in your hand to do it. Who he's called you to bless, it's already in your possession. I just got to begin to see it the right framework this morning I want you to understand that your means are not meager they're mighty they're enough so my question this morning what's in your hand 